Today's program is brought to you by MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. For more information, visit mofad.org. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Listening to Eat Your Words on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Kathy Irway, and it's a beautiful fall Sunday here in Brooklyn. I think this is like the first weekend that's really felt like fall so far, and you can feel that crispness in the air. It's getting cooler, so it's getting a little bit more appropriate to think about turning on the kitchen oven or just cooking a bit more, maybe some long projects, maybe some baking. Um, I have a guest. It's her. I'm so pleased to welcome her back to her third episode here on Heritage um, because her book, uh, well, first of all, she's the author of four books about French cuisine. So she's my favorite culinary uh, French food expert. But uh, her first book was Cuisine Niçoise. Then there's French Comfort Food, Le French Oven, and now Les Desserts. So French Desserts is the latest book that I'm holding by Hilary Davis. Hi, Kathy. Happy to be here again. Welcome back. Thank you. Okay. So this is a very delightful, very tempting topic, but I wanted to start off the program, if we may, with a little current issues in food. Okay. Okay. So with the election just a few weeks ahead of us now, I think it's time we took a moment to consider... (laughs) What (laughs) is coming? (laughs) What would a Donald Trump presidency mean for food? In this for country, food. okay, uh, okay. I know perhaps it's not the least, the most pressing, you know, issue because his, like, you know, what the country would mean for. I mean, we'd probably be part of Russia, right? Let's face it. But anyway, um, we don't really have that much to go on with his food policy until recently. We received a clue. What is it? So he was um, addressing some supporters at a Republican club in New York City a couple weeks ago, and he vowed to roll back on the powers of the Food and Drug Administration, calling the FDA the food police and um, saying that their food safety measures, um, their oversight of even dog food production and other food production, like, um, you know, checking for safe temperatures of food and, you know, like they do for restaurants and so forth and other food producers. He said that was inspection overkill and he vowed to roll back. So maybe I'm missing something here, but I don't exactly see anyone clamoring for more E. coli outbreaks or or more lax rules yeah. around their dog's food. Yeah, or, yeah. and you I know, just, it's funny. Dog food is really not regulated very well. Right, if you look what, at what's put in it. already having all these you know, food recalls all right, the time. And, right. I don't think you can help that. I mean, yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, we eat. Extent. I mean, the restaurants... You know, all over the world, and everybody seems to be fine. Okay. Um, and because of the internet and the radio, you know, we hear about it here, or we talk about it more. I'm all for for health safety. Here comes my politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> health safety for um, people who can't help themselves. So, babies, animals, yes. children, people the most vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. baby food, uh, anything that goes towards people who can't think or take care of themselves, the elderly. Mm-hmm. But I think the rest of us, 
you know, I think we're fine. Mm -hmm. You know, we're smart enough to, I'd rather see less regulation. I think some of the regulation we have in New York City, rating Mm. restaurants on on how clean they are, that's lovely. Yeah. But I think it should be part of our culture and our mental Mm. demeanor rather than being told to do it. So that's, I I waffle on this a little bit, but I think... You know, babies and elderly and animals should be protected Sure, with, with more regulation. Yeah, and I, I just... Uh, well, uh, baby food, too. I mean, it's baby food is, is dicey. So, yes. And dog food's dicey. I'm, I usually make that's my... That's an emotionally charged issue, too. So that's why I'm surprised. To, I'm not sure how much public or popular support there would be for that. But maybe there's, you know... Yeah, I don't know. Just any cuts are good cuts. I <laughs> just don't know. Um, any federal agency is a bad federal agency that doesn't need to exist. I don't know. Um, so that's that's that. But anyway. <laughs> now, on to the Clintons. I don't mm-hmm. know. I think they enjoy their food. Yeah. Right? Oh, you think so? I think so. I can see that. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, I've what, never... Yeah. I, I wonder what... I don't think you're going to get food policy out of that. I think you're going to get... You know, yeah. a different emphasis. I think so. Do you think that Hillary likes French desserts? I haven't. I don't seen know, but I could ask that. her. Okay. I'll send her a book. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send her a book. Hillary, what? what yeah. Should I make you? You know, I actually um, met her. Did you really? Yeah, it's amazing because I was working in healthcare for a while, so mm-hmm. I went to a, um, a a speech that she gave about healthcare. And I thought, well, I'm Hillary. She's Hillary. Mm-hmm. So I, I ran up to the stage and I said, hi, I'm Hillary. And she said, oh, we Hillary's have to hang together. Oh, my gosh. Let's get a picture taken. That is so, so cool. So she took my phone away and handed it to someone in front. And they took our picture. And I still have that picture. No way. But I thought it showed a really um, soft side, a lovely, humane you know, this cool side to her that doesn't come out too often because she looks very presidential. Yeah, yeah. I'm really charmed by that story. Yeah, she was lovely. And there were all these people around her clamoring to talk to her Mm -hmm. who were journalists and people who mattered. And I was just this... You know, person who had been sitting in the audience who's so Elder sweet. Hillary. Yeah, oh, that is nice. so really sweet. Oh, cool. I could definitely see her digging into a French dessert now that I think about <laughs> it. Well, you know, just enjoying the kind of the fun things in life, which is what yeah, desserts, desserts are, are all great. about. What do you think? <laughs> what which dessert is for her in this book? I don't know. That's I think the, the the cookie oh. on the cover. Yeah, yeah. I it's love a break this. and share cookie. She can serve it at all public. Um, dinners at the White House. It is that's a great idea. It's a communal cookie. I've never seen this cookie except for like you know I've seen giant chocolate chip cookies yeah, I guess, but yeah. this is like a traditional French. When I heard about shareable. this, I had to find the recipe mm. because I love the philosophy behind it. Mm-hmm. It's only made in Poitou, Charente, Poitou, a certain area of France. Okay, and it's only found there. Yeah, and it's meant to be. Um, Shared so mm. after weddings, baptisms, oh. electing the mayor. Anytime the little villages come together in the town hall or in the parish, they make one of these gigantic cookies. Mm-hmm. They're about fifteen inches across, mm-hmm. about half an inch thick, mm-hmm. and then everyone breaks off this communal cookie and shares. Mm. That's such and a lovely so, kind of sentiment. Yeah, yeah, I love the sentiment, and I do it now after every all my dinner parties, I bring out this cookie. We don't 
break bread. We break we cookie. Break cookie together. <laughs> yeah, we do. But it's it's a nice That's really lovely. It's a nice thing, and it um, tastes like shortbread. Yes, it looks like shortbread, which is great. To yeah, me. it's like there are like five ingredients. Um, oh my gosh, it's just so easy to put together, and it's very pretty. It is. You, it's very elegant, actually, yeah, it's elegant. in there in its simplicity and just kind of pureness. Um, you don't need too many things in a cookie. No. If you do it right. Yeah. It is good I mean, butter. Yeah, good But I mean, look at um, Tweel. Okay. One of my favorite cookies. The tweel means those little crispy. They're paper thin, uh-huh. and then they're like curled. Yes. And in France, you see like them straws. with ice cream. Yeah, you can Straw make cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can twirl them into that, too. Mm. But I have a recipe in here I love. It's only like, you know, again, a handful of ingredients. Okay. And But I decided to make it with um, pumpkin seeds. Mm. And so they come out a little green, oh, but then it tastes that really good. That sounds really great. Yeah, it's sort of edgy. A little, little tart crunch, twist on it. Yeah. A little texture in there and, t- and definitely like um, that, that appealing little look to it. I, I love that these are, you're taking on classics yeah. that are that are meant to be cooked at home. And they're ha- or they have been, and it's very possible to. I mean, a lot of people are intimidated when it comes to cooking desserts um, right. because of all the technique of maybe making twills. Right? Yeah, that's, a, that's so easy. Really? Really. Just whip egg whites and you throw in a little flour and cornstarch mm-hmm. and sugar and you've got your twill batter mm-hmm. and then you just drop it on a cookie sheet mm-hmm. and take your finger and smooth it out into as paper thin as you can. Bake it for Bake six it. minutes mm-hmm. and that's it. I mean, how easy is that? And then it's pliable. It's you, pliable. Yeah. They say, you know, wrap it over a... Um, Rolling pin? Right. I just hold them for okay. a couple seconds, each one in my hand. Mm-hmm. And that's as long as it takes for them to hold. Oh, okay. To get their shape. But to, to make a, like a cone, you would take yeah. like a cone-shaped thingamajig? You could, or, or you can just do it with your cigarette. Or you could take a cigarette and wrap it around. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Kathy, oh. I don't know. Okay. Um, a cigarette in, inside of a cigarette. <laughs> cookie. <laughs> Um, no, they're really um, very French. the French French desserts. Like you think of really frou frou and yeah. like the patisseries and all this mm-hmm. fancy stuff. That's great. But the French go to the the pastry shop for that. They yes. don't make them. Like, but at home, they make stuff with their kids. Right. And and or they'll make it for their kids or for friends. So it's easy, like mm-hmm. easy and very economical cooking. And what I did was, when I started this, I thought the one thing I really want to do is bring real France Mm -hmm. to the American reader, Um, because we always see the same recipes over and over again in like French kind of recipes, like you know souffle and and you know creme caramel and eclairs. So I went when when I travel, I look for regional desserts. The little villages often promote their own special dessert for tourism because then Mm -hmm. people will come. So a lot of the recipes in this cookbook are things you'll never see in another cookbook. I mean, that cookie, the Broyer de Poitou, I haven't seen in another cookbook. The Broyer de Poitou is from where in France? I need to... Poitou Charente. Charente Poitou. It's sort of northwest. Northwest. And then Niflats are adorable. They're from Provence, Mm -hmm. which again, you can only get them there. And they're these adorable little um, puff pastry yes. things that you and they you so easy to make and they're filled with this luscious pillow of 
vanilla pudding, you know, pastry Creme cream. Anglaise? No, pastry no. cream. It's Sorry. thicker, thicker. Okay. And um, that that had a great story. They, they say that it originated when the village people were sad listening to the orphans cry in the oh orphanage. Oh, my gosh. What, because they lost their parents, uh-huh. and, you know, their parents died. Of course. They were put in an orphanage, and so the village people said, we're going to think of something, some dessert that we can take to them to cheer them up. And that's the story behind the flats. It means don't cry. And so these, like you can see, they made these little cookies with this luscious, soft vanilla pudding in them. And when I make it for people, I just get huge smiles. So you can sort of believe that story. I mean, I want to. That's a wonderful story. I think I would cry of joy if somebody gave that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Deliciousness. But I tried to find, you know, really... one I love that is so wild. Mm-hmm. Listen to this one. Okay. This is from Brittany. It's called Fuez Buen or Fars Buen. It's hard to say. It. Anyway, so you make crepe batter, which mm-hmm. is like, how easy is that? You just throw it in a blender. Crepe, crepe batter, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you pour your crepe, crepe into the pan like you would make a crepe. Then you take a fork and a knife and you start cutting it like you would... Uh, cutting a sandwich or something, oh, something, huh. and you cut it all up until it starts looking like scrambled eggs a little bit. Okay, and then you put in sugar and butter, and you keep tossing it as it cooks, and that caramelizes into these amazing little pillows of crepe batter that are on the outside have this, Ooh. you know, caramelized buttery flavor. Sounds great, unbelievable mess on your plate, uh-huh, but it is uh-huh. so. Good. That sounds like a lot of fun to make, too. Yeah, the kids love it. And then I've seen um, mothers, uh, they're either drizzle, um, you know, warm jam over it mm. before they give it to right. their kids. Or I would it. put ice cream, I think, oh. and just let it melt all over this stuff. It's so good. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Do you think that somebody invented that because they were like, Oops! And oh like yes, screwed it was up. Probably, and then, yeah, yes, that's brilliant. It's probably like the tartan, which was a mistake. As, yeah, possible. Oh, the tartan was a that was apple. a mistake. So that means an apple pie without a crust, right? Yeah, it's okay. upside down. Okay, so it's an upside down what apple was pie. A mistake. That sounds great. It was in a, a restaurant, and they made mm-hmm. a mistake, and they ended up serving it, and without voila! A crust. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> voila! <laughs> So, you know, mistakes are good. Cool. Mistakes are good. Um, I want to talk. So there's this regional dish here yeah. that is from Adrin, Adrin, Adrinez. Edrin. Sorry. The, the region of Ardennes. Yes. In northern France. There's a lot of northern French here. Yeah, there are. Because really they're unusual. Yeah, and a lot of unusual wheat. things there. Mm. Yeah. So this is sweet sugar bread Ardennes. Oh, it so looks good. very simple, too. It looks like something um, you plop in. I can't even describe it. It just looks like a simple cake. Um, you, it's, but it's a bread. Rustic. Rustic. It's a okay. bread. It's it made with yeast, yeast. And you make it in no um, a pie plate. Mm-hmm. But I love this bread. It is sweet un- yeasted bread. Yum. And, and when you... It's a very it's like forgiving. A donut, kind it's of. like a donut, but it's but um, it's a very forgiving dough. Mm-hmm. So you really can mess it up, and it'll be lovely. Don't mm. even think about you know having a problem with it. And then the really cool thing they do is just before they put it in the oven, 
they take their hands and very gently make a well in the center yes. of this puffy bread dough. Mm-hmm. And they whip one egg with some sugar. Oh, is that what that is? And okay. they wipe it over this well. And when it bakes, oh, you get this crispy, like, crust yeah, on the top. Eggy, crystal-y, sugary. Eggy, oh, so amazing, this wow. bread. It's That's really cool. really good. I love that. I love learning about that. I um, haven't even really seen that in bakeries there. Yeah, it's I mean, made I've never home. seen any of these things, and they're so rustic and kind of homey. So yeah, definitely like like your sort of style of uh, writing, which I love. Um, okay, let's cut to a quick little commercial interlude, and we'll be right back chatting more. And this one is called Carried Away by the Hollows. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Peter Kim, the executive director of MOFAD, the Museum of Food and Drink. We're a nonprofit founded by Dave Arnold, the host of Cooking Issues here on the Heritage Radio Network. And we want to take people on a learning adventure through the world of food. We just opened MOFAD Lab, our gallery space at 62 Bayard Street in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, where we are currently showing Flavor, Making It and Faking It. Flavor features some very cool sensory interaction. Flavor tablets deliver tastings of vanilla and umami, and the Willy Wonka-inspired smell synth lets you compose over half a million different flavors. So come on by and visit MOFAD Lab. We're open five days a week, and tickets are $5 for kids and $10 for adults. Learn more about the Museum of Food and Drink at mofad.org. All right, we're chatting with Hilary Davis, our sweet guest today. She has written French Desserts, that's a new authoritative cookbook, and it's actually a really eye-opening cookbook. There's so many regional recipes here that are little known, so thank you for mm. uh, doing the terrible, arduous task of going around France and eating <laughs> to <laughs> research. Avec plaisir. <laughs> no problem. Uh, c'est triste. Well, you know, it's uh, funny because you would think it would be fattening, right? Yeah. And you would think desserts, you know, because we tend to... You know, put a lot of like buttercream on our cakes, and we just we love a lot of yummy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think their desserts are just seem to me a little leaner. Okay, you know they're not they don't have a lot of. I mean, there's no frostings usually. If you go to a pastry shop, you know you'll get a very thin ganache glisten. You know, a, a mirror, a beautiful mirror of chocolate ganache or something but it's thin and the pastry cream is more pudding like or custard like right it's, so, and yeah, yeah and it's good for you it's eggs it's milk, not lard and, yeah <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> and that sounds more appealing to me too um like talk let's talk about this crazy lady fingers with with um with poached pears sticking out of it oh yeah and uh the, the pear charlotte okay so oh. charlotte um mm-hmm. Is a adorable Charlotte d'Alpois. Okay. Yeah, so they're um, traditionally like super fancy. You will get it in the best pastry shops in France, not in all pastry shops. They're really, really fancy desserts. However, when I started experimenting making them, I realized, oh my God, this tastes so good. I mean, mm-hmm. they came out amazing. And then, second, they are 
dead easy to make. It's just that you have to, they take a lot of time. Yeah. So I set aside two days, like a weekend oh. or something. Yeah, do it in pieces, you know? And you do make it the in cookies, steps. The ladyfinger cookies, one step. And I then buy those. Go. Okay. Yeah. I buy those, oh, so that's even okay. faster. Even better. Yeah. Uh, well, I was just remarking because, you know, this isn't like all this, you know, like fat or like no. buttercream. It's like, you know, fruit. Yeah. A little bit of drizzle of chocolate on top, mm-hmm. and um, it's kind of wholesome looking, even though I'm sure it's really, really satisfyingly delicious and decadent. It's light it's, as air when it comes mm, in your mouth. That's that right. pear flavor oh, is amazing. There is a lot of air used, too. It's not like dense, right. know, like some desserts. Right, so. right. They're very light and fluffy, mm. and, you know, the, the, the cookies are plain. Mm-hmm. The cookies are not pretty cookies. They're not, again, the ones that you get in... Patisseries, you get what you get at home is, you know, this little blob. Like, you know, there's these little, like there's a cookie made in Marseille and it's a little boat cookie. It's called Navette. Uh Navette is a little rowboat. Okay. And it's just this little, these little tiny, um, plain shaped cookies. Mm -hmm. They're made with olive oil, not Mm -hmm. butter. They're to die for. They're so good. Ooh, Marseille, yes, the olive oil would be. Yeah. Hmm. Use instead. I love that. Um, do you but think that plain. there? Yeah. Do you think there's less sugar too, or it's less sweet than I our think, yes. desserts here? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Um, even the souffles I've had. Yeah. There, they're sound. they're not overly sugary. So, if you do buy my book, you want to put in maybe a little more sugar, or just taste it okay. as you go. Always taste before I'm, you bake or put something in. I'm sure I'll be happy with the way you've you've done it on your book. But and there's some fruit desserts in there because mm-hmm. the French, believe it or not, actually prefer fruit for dessert, mm. especially in the south of France. Yeah, people love fresh fruit. We rarely have fresh fruit for dessert, right? Right. But there they love, you know, fresh fruit. And they'll, you know, fruits. I have a fruit salad in there, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. recipe in there. I just play with it. I mean, I I soak it in a tea I make with Herbe de Provence. Ah. (laughs) An infusion uh, with Herbe de Provence and sugar, Mm -hmm. which I never thought of doing. But when I did it, it tasted so good. Mm -hmm. And then I put it in the, toss all this fruit in there and let it marinate in the mm. herbe de Prov- sweet herbe de provence broth Oof. and that one's really good but the french do love fruit so i did put in two or three or four um fruit recipes that sounds lovely and you know in the south of france they have so much wonderful fresh fruit it's a totally mm. different climate mm. so do you think that really impacts like the regional differences of exactly recipes exactly and, so you yeah. normandy for desserts and Brittany, even. it's mm-hmm. freezing and they have that's shortbread. Right. Shortbread. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you drive and, you know, you see these rolling green fields with these beautiful big bovine cows. cows and that's where the, the desserts Ugh. are butter-centric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, butter and cream. In the south of France, we use olive oil and fruit. And then and you go up into the Alps and you'll see more cheese and desserts. Oh. So, or cheese for dessert. Oh, so like maybe a, a cheesecake, which I saw you have a very I interesting cheesecake, cheesecake recipe with um, with vegetables in I it. I made it it's up. Little, I totally oh, made really? it up. Yeah, I've really never exciting. seen it anywhere. <laughs> well, I think that one's really creative. I love the little bit of savory and sweet in a it's cheesecake. Delicious. It's delicious. Um, so I made it up when I lived in the south of France because the, the Niçois use Swiss chard in everything. Uh-huh. And they make a Swiss chard pie. 
uh-huh. a sweet pie. No kidding. And then I had a lot of goat's cheese from my neighbors. So I thought, I'm going to put all this together. <laughs> I am so going to mix this. So it's a goat cheese cheesecake. And you have the beautiful rainbow Swiss sure. chard sprinkled through it. And it has um, currants. The, they use currants and pine nuts there. All these wonderful flavors together. Wow, so, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, that's really funny. I once had a guest on the show tell a story about the worst baking experiment where she thought she was making a rhubarb pie and didn't know what she was buying at the store and actually bought Swiss chard. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oh, my God, that's oh, funny. That, um, yeah, you can make a Swiss chard pie that's sweet. <laughs> so. <laughs> didn't work out too well for her, though. Um, So did you make up this wonderful-sounding recipe? I I love the name. It's a cloud of lemon vermouth mousse. I did actually make that one up. How do you... you, Sounds cool. You're getting to know me. I know you pretty well here. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's really good. Une mousse de luc... I can't say it. (laughs) But I love the combination of the lemon Mm -hmm. and um, a little touch of booze. Yeah, yeah, because it it dries it out. It It has a very dry... It's an elegant mousse. Mm. It's very light and elegant. Now, one of the more interesting things I've seen, especially due to its striking photo, it kind of looks like a pile of fresh laundry, like white sheets that are just like plopped into this pie pan. What is this? It's, it's the pasties Gascon. I love it. I love it. So I was looking at the British baking show, mm-hmm. which I love. Oh, yeah. And they give you really hard desserts sometimes to make. And they, they one of their challenges was to make a pasties Gascon. And as I watched it, I went, this is really hard. There must be an easier way. <laughs> so then I played with it, and I came up with this. And this is a really easy way to make it. And it's beautiful because it is beautiful instead of making that paper thin pastry i just use phyllo phyllo okay and when you bunch it together oh. gently it looks like ruffles mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. yeah and that um sounds fun again it's just fun play around and with it and then quick. bunch it in this irregular way rather than you know people think that you know when you think of oh gosh cakes and cake making and all the pretty yeah. precise craziness like wedding cakes like this is just um the haphazardness yeah freeform freeform random you just how you feel that day you you sort of throw these little um wisps of white phyllo and and make them into you can even make a big pile high Mm -hmm. mine i just leave flat and there's um armagnac soaked uh soft apples uh-huh. Uh, that you stuff it with, and oh god, it's just oh, what delicious. Is Armagnac, yeah, uh, it's like a brandy. oh, it's like cognac, yeah, or brandy. it's like okay. a can, cognac or brandy, and mm. um, the brown sugar and the Armagnac and the apples at this time of year, it would be a great dessert. Oh, and then fun. when your that ruffled pie comes out of the oven, it's all tinged golden, and you just dust it a little bit yeah. with confectionery sugar. It sounds very playful. A lot it's of a these lot of recipes do sound like. Just, yeah, fun and playful rather than, I guess there's a conception around desserts that it's for people of like, I forget which one. It was like the more organized, like right side of the brain rather right. than the left side. You know, technical, people who are yes. Technical, perfectionist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it can be that way. But I think this kind of proves that, you know, there's a lot more creativity and whimsy kind of used the into The French this. have a lot of whimsy mm-hmm. in dessert. That's a good word. Like the um, the pear cake, mm-hmm. they do um, Sophie... Pick, peak. Oh yes, um, yeah, she's famous. For, yeah, mm-hmm. she's famous for her what they call cakes. 
she makes cakes in a loaf tin. Okay. And the French went wild, so now they may, everybody's making cake, look cake. Mm-hmm. So you make it savory, but I did a, quite a few in the front of the book because people in France love these cakes. Yeah. And one of the ones I found that I love that they do that is really whimsical is the pear cake. And it's um, the French call it an invisible loaf cake, oh. an invisible cake, because you can't see the batter when you put it into the... Hmm. loaf pan and it bakes up and you can't even really see the Mm -hmm. cake holding the pears together Mm -hmm. it looks like it's mostly pears it's really fun Mm -hmm. when I did it the first time I went whoa you know what is this gonna do and you pull it out and it's absolutely amazing cake so, um, yeah, they do. That's they like cool. to play with their They're kind food. of like, yeah, yeah, just like a suspenseful baking experience. Is it going to come out or not? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, they do. And the other thing that's fun is if you get French, like, cooking magazines. Mm-hmm. So I was reading about these cakes again and trying to learn some new things. But every recipe said put a pot of yogurt in. Okay. And what it means is they use the little pots that your yogurt comes in as they're measuring Oh. So you don't measure out your yogurt in a regular measuring cup. They just say, oh, we'll put a pot of yogurt in. And so I started, you know, they play with their food a little bit. They do different things. <laughs> and they're more relaxed. I wow. would say they're more relaxed I would have, uh, than you would imagine. That's really cool. I would have put actual yogurt in. but <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it is yogurt. Okay, but they just, oh, I see. Oh, but they so use they the use container. The, oh, the yeah. specific kind that you get. Yeah, yeah like okay. a little Yoplait. Conta- ah. You know, the container, hmm, the yogurt, use the yogurt hmm. in your dessert, and then and you use the pot, a pot of that, and then use the pot again to measure out your sugar. So it was it was interesting oh reading a French cooking magazine. That is my kind of, yeah, yeah. recipe. It's not too exact, but still, that helps you get there. Well, thank you so much for transcribing these for, for our audience and You're discovering welcome. these gems. And we, there's so many more. I hope that everyone picks them up. And I'm, I'm looking at this almond pithivier and um, vin chaud sorbet with frosted grapes. Raison Givre. Um, you know, there's just so many gems in here, and uh, I love learning about the history of them. So, Thank you, Kathy. Thank you again for traveling around and um, indulging your sweet tooth. My pleasure. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, well, I guess that's about all the time we have for today. But thanks so much for joining us, Hillary, and we look forward to your next cookbooks, definitely. I always love Let coming. us know. Thank you, Kathy. All right. Well, thanks, everyone at Heritage. We'll see you next week on Eat Your Words. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. Never had no loving like this before.